According to Barna, 64% of Christians today think that evangelism is optional. Let's change the stats. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you, Tim? Doing great, Kelly. Thanks. Awesome. Well, uh, if our audience hasn't noticed watching this, we're, our studio looks a little bit different today. And we are, um, COVID is one year old at, since lockdown, basically. And this is the first time uh, that it's really kind of personally, other than restrictions, affected me. I was a close contact with somebody who tested positive the very next day. And then I was tested, came back negative. Uh, but I'm still required to quarantine. So the studio is a little bit different it, today. Yeah, the studio is actually my basement, and <laughs> I've been living here for for days, and good fun. So much fun. <laughs> so anyway, today's guest is my good friend, Pastor Kevin Gerald uh, from Tacoma, Washington. Pastor is an amazing church. Champion Center also oversees Team Church, plus he does uh, lots of things with other pastors and leaders. And today's podcast is amazing because he talks about what we as pastors have been going through a lot in conversations he's had with pastors, what they've been going through due to COVID. And in particular, he talks about how our society today is I don't know, it was offendable, and and it's so looking for reason to be offended. So, Tim, let me ask you a question. Um, is there anything that offends you? Uh, I think when I try to wear skinny jeans, I offend myself because <laughs> I'm already skinny, and every other jean is a skinny jean on me. But um, if I if skinny more jeans, if when... skinny jeans are offensive when you wear them, man, it is like <laughs> no. atrocious when I do. I just just saying because I mean, absolutely, anyway. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't pull them off. I know some some worship leaders and some pastors can, but I'm going to have to go a different route with my wardrobe. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what offends me is having to be isolated when testing negative. I don't know. That's that's part of it. But uh, regardless, I digress. This conversation, I think, is going to be really helpful for pastors, leaders, anywhere, everywhere, as we talk through a lot of the commonalities of what we have all gone through because of this COVID season, the pandemic, the requirements, restrictions, no restrictions, the changing yeah. government stuff, all the stuff that is easily offendable. Plus, on top of that, all the political dynamics that are happening, everything else that's going on, how it's affecting the church. And Pastor Kevin has great advice. So without further ado, let's go now to my conversation with Pastor Kevin Joe. All right. Well, hey, Pastor Kevin, welcome so much to GoCast again. So good to see you. Thank you, Pastor Kelly. Good to be here. Um, I'm excited about talking to you today. Yeah. Well, this is going to be this is going to be good. This has been uh, it's been a crazy time for sure. So you've been you've been senior pastoring now for over 35 years. Have you ever you ever been through a year like this last one? Never, 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 never. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen lots of things as pastors, but this is yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been through some stuff, but yeah, this one is unique uh, and different than anything that we have ever been through. Man, so talk to us about you know this whole thing hit, and I as we're recording this, I 
I was just looking at the calendar and I was like, this is like, like we're like exactly one year ago is when it, the whole world or our area anyway, most of the world locked down. You guys, I think were locked down before most because Seattle was kind of the a breakout point at the, at the beginning. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so talk to us about how at the beginning of all this, you, you reorganized your staff and the, and the, the church at the beginning and some made some major, major changes. Talk to us about what you did. Well, we just basically, uh, shifted our focus from what we were doing in terms of the live service and the live weekend on site to accommodate our online experience for adults and for children. And, and then we just took our whole staff and uh, went through everybody's job description, what you do in a given week, and reassessed what our needs were in, in this new season that we're, we were in, and just kind of put people in different spaces and places. And of course, some of the team didn't change at all. Yeah. But even like a location pastor uh, was reassigned different, different direction for what they were doing. And uh, their job description changed quite, quite significantly to try to match up with the needs of our church and our family. Yeah, it was you were online already before and had quite quite the online ministry already going. But I mean, it it when this whole thing happened, it was a I don't know, just a, a personal shift in going. Okay, how do we pastor these people now a little bit more rather than just broadcasting a service? Yeah, exactly. The the experience we we tweaked it and did a couple of things that we had said we were going to do all along, been noticing and wanting to do, but. We got really serious about uh, up in our game with the experience. We also really, really went to bat for our children's online experience and created something that we're really proud of and excited to be able to offer children online, uh, parents slash children online. But awesome. yeah, it was more of the other stuff, like you're saying. It was how do how do we how do we serve our congregation now? And I mean, it was everything from creating uh, what we call the phone trees and <clears throat> the phone calls um, to taking food and leaving it on their doorstep. If we heard they were quarantined, there's <laughs> yeah, all kinds of different missions that we set out on to, I, I, we, I, I asked our team, I said, get me to the perimeters of our church family. So yeah, we, you know, we're pretty much able to have data and updated stuff on your teams and people who are involved and people who are giving. But then there's these other people that are more on the perimeter of your church and it, they call it their church and so forth. But you know who they are. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, they're, absolutely. They're in the seats uh, sometimes often, but they don't show up in the data as much. Anyway, we just made up our mind to try to go to the perimeter of our church family and do everything we could to serve everybody. That's really cool. And it's been, it's been working. I mean, you guys have, yeah, you're seeing, you've seen the results and, but it's, it's kind of cool to see that, that shift in focus, um, even for, among the staff and going, okay, I mean, it, it, the church gets stronger in, in its care for people and in, in different levels. That's anyway, that, you've found that I'm sure, uh, with, with your team as well. Absolutely. Our, our church and our team, it was fun because I think some 
you know, some of our uh, individuals or team members who were doing things different, they were looking around them and realizing, well, we're almost all doing something different. Yeah. So laughing at each other and helping each other and engaging one another and getting, you know, people being out on the streets and in cars who were always in offices and mobilizing in ways like that, uh, getting a, a, a team together to produce children's programming yeah. at a high level. And so the production teams, as well as the, uh, you, you know, just the musicians and the singers and having to do it from not, not being able to be in a church setting to do it. And anyway, it just created a whole different creative sort of flow that it, it got fun. I, I think it was definitely, uh, I, I, it wouldn't be telling the truth, truth if I wasn't saying it was taxing at the same time. Right. Yeah. Tired. Our staff was exhausted, but um, it, it was a great, it's been a great journey for us. Very, very cool. So out, out of all this, what, what have you learned personally in the, I don't know, what stands out to you that you've learned personally in the last year? Well, I, I hope I've learned a few things uh, in this because like we said, there's never been a season like this. But I'll tell you what stands out when I hear you ask me that question. The first thing that jumps in my mind, it's a little bit deeper maybe of a topic, but I really... I really found out how different the kingdom is mm. than the world. And the, the kingdom way, uh, God's way of doing things, became a real obvious uh, different, you know, there was a differentiation that happened in my mind that became so obvious that I don't really see in the normal, I hadn't really seen in the normal scheme of things, this kind of differentiation. Wow. I knew we were God's people. I knew we were church people. I knew they weren't. We were. We went to church. They didn't. Some things like that. But it became very apparent to me how different church people were, God's people were, kingdom people were than the world. And then it became apparent, and this isn't completely positive, I guess, but that there were people who go to church that were not yet kingdom minded. And so some of that was a real, uh, mm. I don't know, wake up call for me, I guess. That's man. That's, that's so, that's very powerful. And we'll press into that a, a little bit more. Cause I don't, I want to hear a little bit more about that revelation on, on the kingdom. We'll like to talk about that, but uh, I, I want to touch base on, on, we, you did it. You held a pastor's gathering in, in December. And you gave those who were attending four questions that you've been asked multiple times by pastors. I mean, you talk to pastors and leaders all the time. Um, and it, you saw these, there's four common questions that as a result of 2020 that can, kept coming at you. So, and I'm sure that, you know, as you shared these four questions, I was like, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they were like, yeah, absolutely. These are, are the questions. And I'm sure lots of pastors and, and leaders that are listening or watching are, are wrestling or have wrestled with the same question. So I want to ask you these questions and I'm excited to hear uh, your responses and, and personally. And question number one was um, because of 2020 and COVID and we look, you know, to the future and what's, what's the church going to look like? 
will the church be weaker or stronger in in the future? The church will be my my answer to that is that the church or the church will be weaker in some ways or short term and ultimately be stronger in other ways long term. Mm. I guess a generic answer, but in in reality, um, there are some ways where we're being, we are weakened right now in a weakened condition. And then there's other ways where we're, we're stronger right now as a church. So, so let, let's talk about that. Let's press into that. So what do you, what do you, what do you see as is weaker now? Um, and, and, and in what way do you think that it's, we've been weakened in this last year? We've been weakened by uh, division, mm. strife. Uh, there's a lot of churches that are not making it and they're not surviving uh, because people are not on the same page. There's not a, an agreement in the house. There's, in some cases, there's maybe uh, what I would just say a low grade of uh, indifference. In other cases, there's a high level of division. Yeah. And so anything in that range, but it because of the the exposure that's happened, it's caused people to feel as if they have to make decisions uh, on on one way or the other on so many different things. And you know, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You yeah. know, social distance, don't social distance. Uh, go to church, don't go to church. Uh, just, you know, should we agree with what the government says or what we hear or should we not? I don't agree. Well, I do. You know, just on and on. Bible says this, Bible says that. And it, it's just, it, it just created a level of indifference and that wasn't, wasn't exposed before. Right. And so that that's how what I mean when I feel like there's been a weakening uh, of the church. I would say that's why. That I mean, that's very very true. And that division that you're talking about too. That's I mean that's happening. Um, that's not the church versus the world. There's a division going on there. That's that's ever growing. That's that's not just that, that's not just division between churches and different ideologies in pastors within a local city. But that's. There's division that's happening within churches themselves, on staff themselves. Like, like there's, I mean, you know, pastor to pastor. Like, there's, there's tension and and divisions and ever growing divides and that are happening in that way. So, I mean, that that how do you navigate and how have you navigated, you know, a lot of those tensions? Yeah, I, you know, there's never been people that have been more. Uh, let, let, let me say it like this. If you're not offended about something right now, the world is telling you that you should be. Yeah, that's so true. So, and so the church, people that, you know, are part of our churches are hearing the same sort of implication and they are, are being seduced by it. Yeah. Believing they should be. And they're joining in some of the same sort of, I'm offended about this. I'm offended about that. 
I'm mad about this, I'm mad about that. And it's like, it's trendy to be offended right now. It's just the end thing, you know, be, be offended. If you're not, you need to find something to be offended about. And, and so, true. so the result of that is you're right. It's not just, you know, the world against the church or, um, you know, the world, the world kind of divisions. It's got into the church and it's yeah. affected the churches. And so, uh, you know, people, when the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, sort of uh, thing started happening with the, the death of George Floyd that so many of us were appalled by what we mm -hmm. saw. And we were all, I mean, you can't be a Christian, certainly maybe not even a human being and not be impacted uh, in an emotional way at that and at the other, uh, the other incidents that were brought out in the media um, that were racial, either racially motivated or they appeared to be. And people started, you know, passing judgment on all of that. And people started uh, being harsh and, and rude and arrogant from social media to in-person, whatever it might be. Yeah. And all of that just, you know, you can't, you can't have a world like that and be a part of something like that and not have people taking sides and creating division and strife. And so our churches have been impacted. And, uh, you know, I think all of us in some ways are brokenhearted about the, the, the people who have, you know, no longer friends with one another, people that have decided to not go to a church anymore because of something like that pastors who have quit. Um, all of that is like, that's our reality right now. Um, but on the other hand, of course, that's just part of the story. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I think, I think every pastor listening is, is seeing that and been impacted by that for sure. Okay, so how do you feel the church is going to be stronger? What are you seeing as the church is going to be stronger in the future? Well, I think that anytime you have the pendulum swings like it does, that it's going it's going to swing back. Yeah. And I feel like that the extremism that has been created uh, and the poise with which most of the church has has navigated it is going to work in our favor. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that we as a whole, I'm just speaking as a whole, and I know most much of this is going to be viewed by churches in Canada who uh, right now I would say you guys are experiencing an extended level of some things that we're starting to see, you know, a, a change or a shift in a good direction in the States. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I would say just continuing to be poised and continuing to trust God and continuing to have faith and confidence uh, moving forward while not, while not being or surrendering to the rhetoric and the divisiveness of the world, yeah. the pendulum is going to swing. It's like we're holding on where our anchor is sure the storm will end and the sun will shine. And, and that's really how I see it. I see that the church is not only going to survive, that it is unshakable, and we are moving forward to see some of the greatest days ahead for the church in the future. Amen. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. All right, question number two that you said pastors are, uh, are 
multiple pastors are saying is, will people who don't return to physical locations return online? Well, I think I think some people are definitely dr- have drifted away from church, you know, uh, completely. And I want to acknowledge that. In yeah. my optimism and my faith, I want to acknowledge and just say, I, I know that there are people who have drifted completely uh, away from church. They either never started online or they started and they're like, you know, not, not into it, not their cup of tea. So now they're just, they're just not anywhere. But I do think on the other hand, and I watch this in our own church and from what I hear it's happening in other churches as well, that while some folks have disappeared off the radar, some some out of offense or others just drifting, there are other people that have appeared on the radar. They, they People have come. And some of those people are people who parents took them to church when they were a kid, for example. Right, right. Now those memories are kicking back in. And it's, 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 the, it's the idea that, wait a minute, you know, maybe I do need God. Maybe I do need Jesus. Maybe my family and my children need a church. Um, there's some of that, I think, where people are reappearing, if you would, that weren't, didn't just leave recently, but have left somewhere along the way, the church. And there's something in them sort of sparking, you know, a, a desire to get back. So good. And I think there are other people who have um, more recently in their, you know, church relationships have gotten out of their church or their church went through something and they just kind of quit and they've, they've started coming back. And so we're seeing an entrance back into church and community uh, while others are exiting, others are coming. And it's almost as if we're, we're, we're in a uh, reset, if you would, yep. toward our future. And it's like the team is being reconstructed. You know, it, it, it's like the, the team has fallen apart, if you would, in reference to team church. And I don't mean completely, but I mean, we lost our tight end and we lost our quarterback, yeah. and we, you know, and, and it's being reconstructed around maybe a new offense. And we're, we're coming into a new day. Uh, that that's what I am seeing happen. Um, did I answer your question? By the way? No, it, it, it's uh, yeah, no, it's, I think that's, that's great. I mean, a lot of pastors are asking, okay, are we going to return back to the same size as we were before? And a, a lot of fear from pastors going, you know, I, we don't see the same people coming back or we don't see the same numbers coming back and, and wondering, okay. And then I think every pastor I talked to, we were super excited. Everything shut down. Our online attendance before Easter last year was off the charts and everyone's going, this is the best we've ever seen. And then it got really quiet after Easter. Everybody kind of went on the decline and pastors started panicking. So, um, and and wondering, is it ever going to get back to the same? Yeah. So I wanted to just, um, get really clear on my thoughts on that. I, we saw the same thing. I mean, Last year, Easter was off the charts, like unbelievable attendance um, with the online and crises we were going through. And then it did drop. And and what we're experiencing, and maybe this will encourage some of you, what we're experiencing right now, we came back into the building in September 
-hmm. And we had maybe 20 to 25% of in attendance in on site that we would have had before COVID. Right. And that has just continued to grow until we're, we're now 50% in attendance and maybe even a little higher than that uh, in the last couple of weeks. In other words, there's been a steady increase of on-site attendance. And here's the interesting thing is that our online, which leveled out somewhere at summertime, uh, you know, after Easter, in other words, it went down and then it leveled out is it went into September and we started doing on-site online, online continued in a, in an right and upwards trend. Right. Just gradual. So it's growing while on site is growing. And even as recently as yesterday, I, I, we were in a meeting and I asked for the data on uh, and the information on the on site only to hear again. Oh, we were up again last weekend. I'm, I'm sorry, online we yep, yep. last weekend. And here we are having had the best or the biggest weekend so far since we've come back on site. And then we've had the biggest online. So wow. it's like everything trending, trending upward. I expect that we will be back in terms of on site. I, I don't know how long. I think it might be different in different parts of the country. And in your case, maybe country to country to be different. But I do think that we will be back and we will be back at capacity and yeah. your churches will be full again. That's my prediction. Yeah, it, well, I'd have to confirm what you're saying because our numbers, our trends have followed exactly that pattern. And we've seen that exact same thing, almost percentage-wise, is, is eerily similar as well. And yeah, across the border, we're seeing the same type of thing that, you know, our, when we open back up, we're, we're allowed to meet with 15% per service capacity. So we just multiple services and added all that. But we saw, yeah, I don't know, we're around right now, 50 to 60% of what we had um, back on site, but our online um, stayed the same at, as where we were in the summer and is now is now slightly increasing exactly the same as you described it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're seeing too. So I think, I think that is encouraging for uh, a lot of, of pastors. Now you had made a statement at this pastor's conference about online church and, you know, online church is going to continue to grow for those who legitimize it and, and, and make it stronger. So talk to us about, okay, legitimizing on online church and what that, what do you mean by that? Well, we legitimize it by engagement, basically. Uh, So real decisions towards interaction, things like giving, serving, uh, baptisms, watch parties, we we, uh, membership, you know, roof track. That that's how that's what I meant when I said legitimizing is that there's it's made legitimate by becoming more than something people observe and watch. It's not just watching church. It's, it's being church, doing church. Right. right. 
hearing hearing the message, hearing the opportunity and acting on it. Right. And so that's to me what legitimizes the online experience. And I think without that, uh, it won't grow. Uh, it, it, it observation will have its limits, but when it becomes participation, I think that's when you can expect that the experience itself will take on, take on meaning and fulfillment for people. And you'll begin to, and like, I think in your case, it's happening. In our case, it's happening. You're beginning to see people out there who are maybe too, too far away, really, to come and attend uh, on site. Um, in some cases, like us, they would belong to a, you know, a military community, uh, for example, a retirement community, things where it makes it you know, even more conducive for them to actually gather together themselves and and become a like a watch party, we call right. it. So I think that's where people really the legitimizing of it began to happen and it has a life of its own. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, question number three now that uh, pastors are asking, and I think this leads into what you were saying earlier, is that we're seeing some people that have drifted away from the church not coming not coming back. Well, at the same time, there's people that weren't in the church that are now coming in. So with all of this dynamic happening and that shift happening, how is it going to impact, and pastors are asking, how is it going to impact finances and giving? Well, I, I think that depends on, again, how we're set up mm. and what, how we lead. Um, in many cases, in our case, as well as in many cases that I'm hearing, uh, giving has been, at the very least, consistent and stable. Uh, and in other cases, like, like ours, it would even be increasing. So. Yeah. There's reason to believe and understand that if it's led right and if the opportunities are already in place, especially for online giving and the habits are already there, there's no reason to believe that that's going to change. Um, I, I don't think that's going to change. And I, and I really believe that even in Canada, that I don't know, I, I just think however long this takes, for uh, it to flush out and us to get, you know, back to some level of normality in terms of interaction, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see people ready to break back out of, you know, out of the cluster and the quarantine and wanna wanna give. So my point, I guess, is that I think giving can can be sustained in the meantime because I don't think it's five years. I don't think it's ten years. I, I just think giving is okay you should yeah. be anyway. And if you're not experiencing that, then I would, uh, I would just encourage you to start asking what you can do. There's always something you can do um, as a pastor, even if it's a smaller church and you might feel like, well, well I don't know what to do. Uh, believe that there's something you can do, have some conversations, get some input. Uh, because I, I think people, I think people have the ability, if they gave when they were coming, they have the ability to continue to give even though they're not. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you said that your church in 2020 giving increased even. I mean, pandemic and 
economy and all the all the craziness that went on in, in 2020, it went up and that there's stuff that we as leaders can do. What, what is something that you, or strategy that you did or something that, a reason for the in your leadership or what your team did or what the church did that created that confidence in your people that actually giving increased? Well, I, I don't know that it was a lot of what we did. I think there was, uh, again, we had already for a long time been encouraging people to systematic online giving yeah whether you came or not so when you go on and you do your online giving you know the ability to give to that location and so forth uh, so we created a new website we simplified some things for this season and giving was definitely part of that we facilitated that um, another thing we did was that we communicated what we were doing in, in this season for our community and how we were helping people and helping our church and some of the needs and some of the ways that we were financially supporting people in our church family first, yep. also into our community. Our foundation is mainly the community outreaches that we have. I think people really were they appreciated seeing the footage and the films and all on our weekends of how we were serving our church family. We had people that, you know, it, it, during the summer, people who were losing their jobs and we were taking checks to people, dropping off groceries to people in our mm. church family. We had people who were put out of housing. Um, I looked at a, uh, I looked at a little note yesterday from a family that doesn't go to our church who, lived in the same subdivision as a family that does go to our church. The family that uh, doesn't go to our church had a fire in their home last year. Wow. So in the middle of everything, they, their, fire, their house caught on fire and burned down. The family in our church uh, reached out to them, offered some space, you know, some of their home for them, and then also notified us at the church and our foundation uh, came alongside them and gave them resources and finances to actually get in a new home as well as help sustain them in the meantime. Yeah. I read a note from, you know, from those people. Um, so those kind of things we shared with our church family during the year, we talked about that. We also, uh, we also thanked our church continually and, and expressed to them how helpful it was and how important it was and how nothing's really changed. And, and it was our desire for our staff to not, you know, not have to make changes with our staff. And I, th I think our church just was responsive to all of the above, and most of the credit belongs to them. So we did a little bit to inform them, but certainly it was the church themselves that they wanted our, they wanted our church to do well. They wanted to see the church be strong. Yeah. And so that yeah, we had a we had a great year financially. That's awesome. I don't know. There's so much what you said in there. That's so so many. Um, I don't know, key principles. I think that is that is huge in in leading our church. That I just don't want any of our listeners or viewers to to move past because the strategies you talked about is what we found worked for us as well. And we had a great financial year in 2020, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But we put a major emphasis on 
on what we were doing in the community and helping in the community and helping individuals and, and talked about that quite often that, Hey, this is not just about building, you know, us, we're building a community and, and that made people wanted to be a part of that and wanted to make a difference. And so they rallied hugely, which is, which I think is really key. And then thanking them and, and making them aware nothing's changed. Those are so, that's so good. All right. Let's question number four. Every pastor, um, has, talking about or asking and these have been so good so as attendance uh drops for a season um and all of that and we're seeing you know increases but we're still not at 100 percent not unless we're in florida <laughs> it's, it's crazy um but even in even the churches that in, in florida i've talked to pastors there they're you know they're wide open but they're still not at 100 percent yet um, which, so as attendance, you know, has, has done that or dropped or is slowly, like, what's the strategy moving forward? You mean strategy in terms of, uh, the attendance or. Yeah. Well, just, I think just us as pastors and going, okay, so what do we, what do we do as pastors? Well, you know, to move, to make sure, I guess, to ensure that, you know, we, that our attendance will continue to grow and that we don't you know, panic at the fact that, you know, hey, everything's open wide open and maybe expect that 100% are immediately going to come back um, when everything is wide open. What what do we do in the meantime and how do we make sure that we can continue to grow moving forward? Yeah, I, I think the important thing is for all, all pastors to not forfeit your leadership. I think that in in this season, your leadership may look different, sound different. You may have to uh, really contemplate and and listen to the Holy Spirit and consider this new scenarios that we're in. But believe me, the world right now is hungry for leadership. Yeah, and that means even at you know a local level, um, and God's people are hungry for leadership at a local level that has a sense of the times and an awareness of the times that we're in. So for, for example, um, what to, to make that more, uh, I guess, applicable, I would, I would just say that it can't be all about filling the auditorium of your church. It has to be about the health of people, the wellness of people, how people are doing, and speaking to the issues that people are wrestling with right now and the struggles that they're wrestling with right now. So good to some of the confusion that people are having. Um, I personally am finding verbiage and, and verbal handles with which I can address some of the things that are going on in the world and in society that is different than that of the church. Yeah. I do that. I'm, I feel like I've, I've helped people to just lean in and go, no, this is why I go to church. Like, you know, this is what, this is why this is food for my soul. So uh, it, it's, it's ripping right through the, a lot of the frustration, anxiety, confusion that I'm feeling as a result of being in the world. Yeah. I, when I'm in, when I'm at church online or on site, whatever it is, and my pastor speaking, I'm hearing a certainty. I'm hearing a clarity. I'm hearing a faith. I'm getting some guidance. I'm getting some direction on how I ought to be processing in these times. 
And so that's what I would, if, if you can just serve people uh, and not forget that what you've been doing up until now, if it's worked and if it's been, if it did well before, all you got to do is reapply it in the present scenario and it still works. There's a need for leadership. There's a need for voices. There's a need for your voice to, to rise up and to lead people forward. People want to move forward. They just, they don't know how. They want to know in, in ways that they can digest. They want to know, how do I take a step? How do I get past this thing I'm feeling right now with my family, um, yeah. with our government, with you know, the, the, the division, what do I do? Speak into that, give direction to that, give life to that. And I really believe that that is the kind of thing that is going to help uh, our people and help our church. Uh, you're in a lull right now, but you're, you're going to come out of it and you're going to get up on the other side. And you're going to begin to get your get your mojo back, your traction back in terms of people wanting to be around and people wanting to come as long as you'll speak to it. I'll give you an example. I, yeah. I said last weekend, um, you know, I, and we can get more into this, Kelly, as you prompt me about, you know, just dropping my, my philosophy on dropping bits and pieces into my message yeah. um, every week. But um, I, I just said this, I said, you know, there's basically two reasons right now while people are not attending on-site church. And one of them is health-related. And I said, for example, that is either a, a, real, a real health issue. Maybe it's someone in your home that it doesn't have a strong immunity system, and you know you owe it to them not to get out and have exposure. Uh, or maybe it's imagined or concern ha having to do with you getting the virus or someone else in your family yep. getting it. A health issue that that those are that's one reason people aren't attending. Another reason is habit. Mm. And I said so. So I want you to follow me on this, church family. I want you to hear me. Some of you started off with the health concern, but you've moved past that now, and that's really no longer a concern. But the habit is what's keeping you out. And so I quoted the Apostle Paul, you know, not to forsake the habit or set aside the habit of coming together. I think that's the NIV version. He uses the word habit. Yeah. As the manner of some is, all the more as you see the day approaching. And so, so I, I just got pastoral for a, a few minutes, and I, I asked them to consider um, is this a is this a habit that you're dealing with and a habit that you've slipped into in this time? And is it really what you want for your family? Is it really what you want for your future? Are, are your children going to do as well? We love online. We have online, but are they doing as well? If not, how about, and I, I said this, I said, I don't know what the Apostle Paul was actually referencing when he wrote that. But there were some people who had got in the habit of not coming to church. Yep. It was probably related to some kind of fear. I don't know if there was concern about gathering because of what would happen and the repercussion of the consequences with the government. I, I don't know, but there was probably some kind of fear he was addressing, much like we're dealing with right now, yep. that led them away from the habit of gathering. And just like 
he was encouraging them to come. I'm encouraging you to come. So that's just an example of that's pretty good. I'm trying to guide our church forward. And I'm not, I'm not finding people getting mad about it. I'm finding, I'm finding people, you know, saying, thank you, pastor. Um, you said such and such three weeks ago. And the next week I showed up in church, you know, yep. very much, you know, so that's kind of what we're doing. I think, uh, yeah, it's so good. And I think there's, there's so much that we could pull out uh, on that one uh, just alone. But I think what, if I could sum it up and just make sure that I'm uh, understanding what you're saying, but I think a lot of what uh, people are looking for today, they're looking for leadership and what, what is lacking probably more than, you know, <laughs> anything today is leadership. And if and we as pastors can lead people and a lot that's sometimes just like just you're, like you're saying addressing the very thing like hey let's just address the fact of why people aren't showing back up let's talk about that and don't do this and and take the leadership of that and saying we're speaking into this this is going to be for your betterment for your family's betterment for your kids betterment um, and leading in that way and people people respond because they are hungry for leadership and I think we as pastors I mean my goodness, we should be we should be taking the lead most of all. <laughs> I'm saying things now that I I didn't say six months ago, you know. Yeah. And so for every pastor, I think being discerning and knowing the times and the seasons and where we are and what people are wrestling with in their own minds, and you know the right the right moments to address it. It it, it really comes back to leadership. So please don't count yourself out of what God has included you in. And if you're a yeah. pastor today, our people need you more than ever. They need your voice more than ever. That's so good. This has been awesome. And I think it's relieving as well for a lot of pastors listening because a lot of these questions, one or, or all four of, of these questions have been plaguing their minds as well and, and tossing through and asking these same things and not sure what to do about it. So thank you so much, Pastor Kevin. We're going to continue the conversation next week. We're going to dive into, into some more stuff. So can't wait for that. So thank you so much for today, Pastor Kevin. Thank you. What a great conversation with Pastor Kevin. Uh, this season's been, it's different at, on GoCast, yeah. but I think been very uh, uh, appropriate and probably a little bit more applicable to all of our listeners, because regardless of whether you pastor a large church or a small church, we're all going through the same stuff. And I yes. think it's refreshing to hear that some of the greatest leaders in the church world, in North America in particular, are struggling and going through the same stuff we're all going through. So I'm hoping it's encouraging to you. Tim, what stood out to you? Uh, I have to say, when you asked him that that fourth question at the end, where like when attendance drops, like what is the strategy for us as pastors? And uh, his response was so calculated. He just said, you know, it's not about filling the seats. It's about honestly vision, visioneering with people and leading them forward, giving them the tools just to move forward out of their circumstance. So uh, yeah. it's a different type of leadership skill, but it's very necessary in the season. So good. It's true. I think a lot of us as pastors have reevaluated what is most important to uh, to all of us in this season. Had you know what was seemingly important has become less so, and it you know we're reevaluating and reorganizing around some of the the vitals, yeah. which I think is really really good. Well, we want to continue this conversation. 
with all of you, those of you who are watching or listening to this podcast, this is not just us talking to you. We would love to connect with you and continue the conversation and talk as pastors what you're learning, what you're going through, what resonates, what's do- what doesn't. We'd love to hear from you. So, Tim, how do people connect with us? Absolutely. You can catch us on all the major po- podcast platforms, including uh, Instagram, gocast.ca, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Awesome. Yes, please connect with us. We would love to continue the conversation with you on all of our social media platforms, the website, YouTube as well. And next week, I am so excited for this conversation. I I get to interview Dr. Yeah. Gerald Sitzer, who wrote a book called Resilient Faith. And I know you know who that is, uh, Tim, because I could not stop talking about this book after I read it in January. It was one, it was a <laughs> book that basically rocked my world. And so get to interview the author himself as we go through Resilient Faith, which is a deep dive into the early church in the first, second, third century letters written back and forth amongst them and from Roman officials as well. And the effect that that really has on us on the, as a church today, the contrast between the early church and the church today is pretty stark. And so this is a fascinating conversation you're not going to want to miss. So join us next week in our conversation with Dr. Gerald Sitzer. Uh, thanks again for joining us on GoCast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.